Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio. I'm your host, Missy Sherber, and I'm thrilled to introduce a new segment on the podcast called Contractor Conversations. Every month, I'll be talking to your favorite contractors around the country about their projects, workforce development, technology, and of course, equipment. I hope these conversations give you the expertise and support that you need to thrive in the daily work that you do. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a contractor based in Minnesota and I own a demolition and excavating company alongside my husband, Trevor. I'm passionate about our industry and I want to recognize all the hard work that you do every day to build our world. I truly believe that ConExpo ConAg is the event where the construction community can come together and belong. And I sure hope you'll join me and my guests at the show in Las Vegas in March of 2020. Now, please stay connected with me on Instagram, where you can join the conversation and stay up to date on all the exciting things that are happening at the show that you won't want to miss. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Under Stacy Tompkins' leadership, Tompkins Excavating out of Putnam County, New York, has grown from a lawn mowing service provider to a woman-owned and family-operated, full-service commercial and residential excavation and landscape construction company. When she's not dealing with dirt, she's an active volunteer and mentor in her community and has been honored with numerous business and leadership awards. Stacy will be participating in an influencer panel discussion and meet and greet taking place on Wednesday, March 11th, as well as an executive leadership panel taking place on Friday, March 13th at ConExpo ConAg 2020. Well, Stacy, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Well, Missy, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here and anybody else that had anything to do with this. Happy to be involved. Yes. Well, thank you again for taking time. We know you have a very busy schedule with all the the things that you're leading. But tell us a little bit first about yourself. Our listeners may not know you or who you are about your business. Tell us about you, your business, and how you got started in construction. Well, I did not start my career in construction, and I'll I'll start off with this, and I've said this to many people. I did not wake up one day and I say that I wanted to own and operate an excavation or a construction company. <laughs> um, my background is lead, is in the food service business. I started in food service my entire you know career, right from college, even before college. I was always working in restaurants, and I studied food and business and have a bachelor of science in that career path. And I went to, uh, you know, work in food service. I had a terrific job right out of college that I was probably underqualified for, but the the, uh, person saw something in me and um, hired me um, over the person that should have been promoted. And here I was right out of college and I I was leading and managing 10 people in food service. Wow. So right at 21 years old, 
Uh, that was uh, somebody, this Harold saw something in me and put me right into this job. And I did very well there. And it's really just about leading and managing people, not so much specifics of what the the service is. Of course, you have to be knowledgeable in that, but right. it's, it's really managing and leading people. And then I was promoted and eventually left there and was food service director for Bear Stearns and Goldman Sachs with another company. Wow. So, so you were really in ho- um, really deep in hospitality, the food service correct. industry. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Correct. So, so then I met Mark and he was <laughs> running a excavation, landscape construction, I would say more so uh, what it was back in 1990. Cut a very long story short, I was very miserable with my job, and he had lost his office manager, and uh, we got engaged, and we just thought it was a right fit for me to maybe leave what I was doing and and help with the business in some capacity. Little did I I know really what I would wind up with. (laughs) Very, that was 27 years, 29 years ago, and three children later, and it's been a wonderful uh, way to balance, you know, having children make your own schedules. Yes. And, uh, you know, create your own path, so to speak. Yes. So tell me when you first, you know, because I know when that you just gave me a flashback to when Trevor and I first met. I walked into his office for the first time and there were stacks of mail and bills and surveys everywhere. And I'm like, oh, my Lord, you need some help. Um, (laughs) Tell me about those first few, you know, um, weeks, months, year in the office when you took over that office administrator position. What did you focus on? Because I know a lot of small business owners are like, help. (laughs) Yes, it was very hard. I'm trying to remember back where we had, he had to move his office from a certain spot. So we had to move it. Um, it was his dad's house and his dad was selling the house. So we had to move the office to a very small house where we were living. And it was just really trying to just figure out what this person was doing, accounts payable, accounts receivable, yeah. payroll. I was familiar with that because being in food service and in a food service director, I was responsible for that admin part, you know, payroll, accounts payable, accounts receivable. So I just had to figure out how it was done in this business. So I did have a little bit of an understanding of that part of it. Okay. But when it was for yourself, it became a whole different picture. It's so different. You weren't working for somebody else. So you really had that administrative background and you just, you didn't change. Did you not change much? You just kind of adopted it into the excavation business. Yeah, I had to first really learn QuickBooks. I mean, that was one of the first things <laughs> I remember learning that I needed to take outside of what I already knew. I only knew somewhat. Not I was certainly not a trained bookkeeper. Yeah. I had no uh I had no full understanding of accounting. Uh, you know, I had people that did that for me in the other positions, but now again, it was mine. We had to figure right. out how to do this. Right. So I remember taking a QuickBooks class and that was huge. 25 years ago. <laughs> um, That's the one first thing I did. Right. Take a QuickBooks class. Yes. And from what I understand, you've always kind of been there as administrative support. There was a time period where you were, you know, focused on raising the family. You have three sons, correct? Yes. I have awesome. three wonderful sons, 24, yes. 21, and 17. So in the beginning, it was a an ease in it was I'm taking care of of three children, but I always was working and had a babysitter. I had to bring the kids uh, to the babysitter every yep. day. At first, it was one day a week, two days a week, three <laughs> days a week. It, it it increased as my responsibilities became greater with the business. Yeah. So it was probably 25 hours a week, I yep. would say, yep. when it was or to 30 that she was watching them for me, and there were. 
six years between six and a half between oldest and youngest. So we had a little bit of, you know, one went to school and, you know, so we had a little bit with that. And then when I was always very involved with the schools and as soon as my youngest was five, I said, okay, now I need to concentrate a hundred percent on our business and, uh, and, and that's what I started doing. And what did that look like you know, to make that role from, you know, just administrative support or not just because administrative right. support is so important and especially in the earth moving business. But tell me about the transition from you going from that role into, I, from what I understand, I mean, you're full blown president of the company, operations, you know, all of that. Tell me about that project management. That was another one you brought up. Right. I'm like, wow. <laughs> right. that, management. Let's talk no about training that. On that one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you us know, about the transition. It, it, it didn't really happen overnight, honestly. Yeah. It, it really was a transition and it went, it went slow to a certain extent. Once I would say 2011, I've said this story to people. It really was a pivoting role with us. You know, it was in 2011. Really, it was very um, difficult times all around with the economy, with with employees, with how to handle it, how to manage it, and um, we, you know, we wound up getting some help to help somebody to help us with the business. And that's I think about 2011 was the time when we all made a, a pivotal turnaround and said, we have to figure out a way how to, to do this because it was, it was tough. Yeah. Uh, employees, and it's still tough. Nothing really has changed. <laughs> I think just our mindset and our goals have changed okay. and what we want to do, um, the, the basic work ethic and how we work has not and never will. Yeah. But with children that have grown up in our business, which I mean, everybody knows that my older son and all my children are involved with our business. And we really made, we want to do this for ourselves, but for them too. Yeah. Now even so more for them. What so were some easier. of those big pivots, you know, or any, do any of the pivots come to mind from 2011? Several of the, of the people that we've interviewed here on the podcast talk about the economy and when it changed and, and what they had to change as a business to adjust to that. Any come to mind um, from that role reversal in 2011 when things were changing? Well, we really just had to make decisions with employees, clean house. Yeah. So that was tough. Yeah. I always said, I, I don't know how we managed to keep a few people in business. We only had maybe three to five people at the time. And yeah. these huge companies were going out of business and going bankrupt and, you know, having, and I was like, how did I manage to do, and I still really not sure, <laughs> to be honest with you, because we weren't that organized with our budgets and our marketing. And, 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 and we were just really like most small businesses, just going by the seat of their pants yeah. and said, oh, I have $5 in my, in my bank account. Okay, the lights can stay on. <laughs> you know that's right that's what what we what we did um wow so I think once we hired a business consultant and a coach and made some hard decisions and decided to take advice, because I always say the same thing as raising kids, and you'll find out there's no handbook. Yeah. There's no handbook with them. No handbook on so, running an earth-moving company. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not and yet, we evolved that, too. We yeah. changed from landscaping at the same time of all of this. And I think, you know, now that you say that, bringing that up, I think that was... That thank you for reminding me. That was probably a pivotal role, a pivotal spot as well. We needed to define ourselves and who we were. And our name was called Tompkins Landscaping Corp. That's our full name, our legal name, and it still is. But we weren't doing landscaping, 
And in the old days, people didn't care. They called you up for any work. Yep. Now with the, the, the internet and all these other things, you had to market yourself. And that's when we changed in 2011 to Tompkins Excavating or okay. around that time. And you kind of so, made that pivot to focus on who, who are we, what, what services are we going to provide? Did you kind of narrow down and pro- get rid of some of the services that you were providing? Yes. Yes, you did. absolutely. And yes. And even now we're even more so keep doing that. We still were doing back then, you know, landscape construction, a lot of hardscape. And we've really not that, that we don't do it anymore, but we really have weeded that down okay. to a lot less of that. So you do drill down and, and focus in and we still offer a lot of services, um, but just on a different for different clients. And you really narrowed it down. And it, yeah. the, the article that I read about you in Westchester Magazine, which is really the way I was introduced to you years ago, talked about how you really took on a strong leadership role in, in 2013 that really affected the company in, in, in record growth. Um, talk to me about that 2013 to 2017 season and any, any advice you'd give to those who are kind of in that phase of, I'm stepping into leadership. What does that look like? Well, you know, again, it, it, it's not it, it's not something you just wake up one day and say, okay, today's the day, right? <laughs> it's sort of an evolution in things. And it was when in 2013 when I decided to really put myself out there, be involved in the community, which I always had been just innately, but now is a little bit more uh, focused and structured and joining organizations that would would be helpful to my business and not even necessarily just my business, but the community. It was... Just, I think leadership can be taught to a certain extent, but some people can never learn it and you're just born with it a little bit. It's just natural, um, but it's taking risks. It's taking chances. It's being truthful, uh, authentic. I just did an entire year leadership class and we spent a lot of time on what your core values are and what your mission and vision are, yep. and 10 months. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> it's a lot so of development. <laughs> right. And your employees, your community, your clients, and they all have to know that because people only really want to do business today with people they know and trust, yeah. right? And that's yeah. really very com. you know, that not just for, for, for any, they really want to know that you're, you're deep. Yes. So tell me, with 2013, you really decided to put yourself out there. And I love that you said that because I do think, you know, any man or woman in the industry, it sometimes can be hard to find the confidence to really put yourself out there and say, this is who I am. This is what we're doing. What advice would you give to those that are maybe in that season of life of what gave you the confidence to put yourself out there as a woman in the earth moving industry is really my bottom line question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I went to a conference, and that's the other thing. It's just going to things. And I, I won't say what she said on air because it, it was – but you Barbara, you know who Barbara Corcoran is, right, yes. from Shark Tank? Yes. And she was local here where I live, and she was doing uh, – she was a, a guest speaker at this GROW conference. That's actually this week. It's a really little conference for small businesses, and this was probably, probably around that time, maybe a year or so after. And she said something – that really just stuck with me. It was very crude. And she just, cause she was in a man's world and she just said, you know, I, I, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to walk in. And she said some nasty words, which I won't repeat, but she's <laughs> like, I got this. Yeah. And it was a little bit of self-talk just as you walk into the room and you say, I got this, I, I got, got this. this. And you might not have it yep. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> but it's really the, and, and, and I don't mean this saying to be phony, but it's the appearance of, that you have it. Yeah. 
um, because I don't know the answers to every question that are presented to me that have to do with even our work. Um, I always say I am not the technical person. Um, I understand what we do. I know what we do. I certainly can sell what we do and market what we do now better than I could back then. Yep. I've learned, I've had to learn this trade, this, and I've always said this to Mark, I don't know all these things. I haven't been doing it since I'm 12 years old. Yeah. But you've and owned you're in that. that same situation. And I yep. love that you've owned that and just said, here's what I do know. Here's what I don't know. Um, and I think that's great advice for anyone, both women and men who are really trying to put themselves out there in this industry is walk, just walk in there knowing you got this. <laughs> and, and, you know, another thing is that I think is a little piece of advice, too. And maybe that would be at the end. But it's OK to hear no. Yep. <laughs> It's yeah. okay to hear no. Don't be it afraid of It is okay to hear no. I and love I think that. that's also. Well, let's you know, pivot here and talk a, a little bit about business and industry outlook. And this is, I'm really excited to ask you this question, but just because you've seen the industry change so much in the last 20, 10, 20 years, what are the biggest challenges you're facing right now? And how have those changed from 10 years ago? Well, I think the biggest challenge is, is human resources today. Yeah. Is getting good people 10 years ago they would be lining up at the door, right? I, yeah. I think everybody would agree with that 10 years ago. And then it was a little harder to find the work, right? So it's always such a balance. So right now the pivots up to me, it has changed where the human, the resource, the human resources, your people are harder to find and keep Yeah, the good ones. And the work, of course, is hard to find, but I feel like that comes and we're in a good spot with the economy right now. Right. But I wish it could ever be in a spot where the work was perfectly <laughs> flowing and I've got the right amount of staff to staff it and the equipment to run it, right? Yes. Just the perfect balance of all three would be fantastic. Wouldn't that be? And I don't know if I don't know. We're not there. You know, we're certainly not there. No, <laughs> so. that's a common thing we're we're hearing as well as the human resources. Um, and I'm excited for a lot of the community to come together at Con Expo and and keep putting our heads together on how do we address this human resource problem so that we can continue to grow. It um, is a big problem, and that is problem. one of my passions, and that is one of the things that I wanted that I took out of my leadership class was what can I do with my spare time? Not that I have spare time, but <laughs> what, what's my passion? And, what, and, and, and talking about and our, our skilled labor shortage that's going on, yes. and I'm trying to go into schools and meet with politicians and whatever, whoever will listen to me. Yep. And everybody knows in this area, I mean, I can only speak for here. I know it's all over the country, but in where I am in the Northeast, it's, it's, it's huge problem. And it's not even just in our industry. It's in every industry, but worse in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, what do you see as the biggest growth opportunity for the construction industry in the coming years? The growth, you know, I actually asked Kevin that, and I I think the technology in our industry is, you know, the GPS guided machines, the basin rovers, the is you is getting that technology and really under you know like for us under our belt so that you can be more efficient and not have to re. We're always going to need people in our business. We can't automate it, but to go to some level of 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 automation, so to speak, where you don't maybe need to be as highly trained as an equipment operator, but you do need to maybe be more trained as a you know computer person. Yes. I don't yes. know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great um, lead into talking about equipment and technology. Now, you and your son, Kevin, decided to buy your first machine control excavator in 2017. 
How was that? A, oh, how was that investment? Was, was it 2016? 16? I think it's three years ago. Yeah, already. How um, has that investment paid off? And have you since invested in other equipment with machine control technology? So Kevin went to work for um, a huge construction company up in Boston when he was at school, and he took six months on a co-op, and it was huge. He 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 just was the one that brought it to the table and said, this is it. This is where we need to be. This is cutting edge. This is what has to happen. So we bought one and very expensive and it's a very big learning curve, but uh, we're finally getting to the point. We did buy another machine last year with another GPS, you know, intelligent machine. Yeah. Um, so we are, we do have two now and in our area, there's not too many people, believe it or not, in our area that do have them. And it is really when it's set up and used correctly. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it is game changer. Is it, it is absolutely game changer. Just with the efficiency or what, you know, what about it? It just. Well, because you, it's, you set your grades, you set, you know, again, like I'm not exact. I don't yeah. operate the machines. <laughs> Me but, neither. See, I'll tell you when I don't know the answer. <laughs> Me neither. But no, it, it, it prevents you from over digging. It sets yeah. your grades. It does, you don't need to be getting in and out of the machine. You don't need the guy with the stick. You don't, it, it's yeah. just, it will, it saves um, a tremendous amount of time, which obviously equates to money. Right. And it is also a marketing tool saying that we have this machine, you know, we have this equipment. So it does reduce the amount of surveying need on a job. We are not getting rid of surveyors or eliminating them at all in any way, shape or form. It's we're trying to find a way to work together with them because we're not certified surveyors. We're not licensed, Um, but it does take, we can do a lot of our own layout, which saves the client money. Which saves the client money, which is huge, you know, really important to them. Now, what advice would you have for other contractors? Because we all don't have a Kevin (laughs) When (laughs) when it comes to researching and investing in new equipment or technology. Like, how would you look at that? Is that your, like, how yeah. would you, uh, you know, the, I guess you talk to people. Yeah. Um, the internet, um, research, uh, you know, my husband too, he's old school, doesn't even have an email address <laughs> for himself, but he will read magazines yeah. and read and read and doesn't read, doesn't like to read a book, but will read every trade magazine will plug away on the computer to, to research learn. things. Yeah. So you're talking that old school. That's, that's, you know, if Kev, I don't know, honestly, if we, if we probably wouldn't have invested in one, honestly, had Kevin, not I don't know, probably not, which speaks really so. great to having young talent on your teams, you know, um, if they're in the family, great. If not, making sure to have sure. young talent around, which I think is is great. So um, what do you think is going to be the biggest game changer in the next five years? Is it this technology that you're seeing? I think that is part of it. I mean, we're already there. We're already using it. I yeah. mean, obviously, we, we the, the less people around here for us that have it, right, <laughs> the better yeah. Yeah. because it sets us apart. Absolutely. Um, you know, game changer for the next five years, you know, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I don't know if I have a great answer for that, but the technology is definitely a, a piece of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know really what would be, you know, I think that is that definitely more for us is obtaining more of that and being more proficient in it and training yes. more people in it. And we have some people trained and we do have the younger people that do want to learn it. Right. Very interesting to them. Right. So it's training and getting everybody geared up yep. to be proficient with this. And then if they go, yes, that would be game changer. If I could have 10 machines or eight <laughs> machines that are intelligent machines <laughs> which, and that they all could be used properly, 
Yes. I love that. I love that you're connecting the technology to the training. It's like, hey, we can have all this technology, but the game changer is going to be with the training as well and getting people efficient uh, with using the equipment. That's awesome. Now, this is a a question that I'm interested to hear your feedback on. How do dealer and manufacturer relationships play a role in your success? Well, we're very loyal to, you know, we live in like everybody else. I mean, we live in a small area. You know, I don't, we're not in the city. So we're in rural, we're not rural, we're an hour north of New York City, but we're we're suburbs of New York City. But we're not, there's not a, you know, on every corner is not another supplier. But there are, there is competition. There's no question about it. And we try to be very loyal to our, um, you know, our vendors and people that we're buying our supplies from and that we feel that that we're having a good relationship with them has been great because they'll, they'll do their, they give you their, they will give us their best pricing. I mean, there's a vendor that Mark has used for 25 years and um, you know, we expect to get the, we expect to get the best pricing and we will shop. Yeah. We will always shop it, buy it out. Once we get the, you know, sometimes you can't do that until you get the job. You just kind of go to get pricing just so you can get your bid in yep. your but I feel that um, being local in the community and some of our vendors know and know how we, who we are, they have the same, not all of them have the same values as we do. That's so great. So you've really found loyalty, you know, and, and really shopping locally has helped with your dealer manufacturer relationship. And what kind of equipment do you guys like to run? You know, give me the quick. It's scope. all mostly Komatsu and Kubota. Okay. Um, awesome. That's all we have. So we had a really good relationship with Pine Bush Equipment up here, like giving them a plug, but yeah. they, they now are owned by Komatsu. Komatsu bought out a lot of the local. In fact, we were featured in their first, magazine that Komatsu did once they bought Pinebush. Um, but they were a family-owned business. And we, and again, Mark had a relationship with them for years and many, many years. And those were our go-to, go-to for equipment as well. Yeah. Um, and we still buy our stuff from Pinebush mostly in, or what when we can. But yeah. a lot of times we're also shopping used equipment yep. because we can't afford all new equipment for yeah. every time we need something. That's... So therefore we're just shopping it. And that might, might not be loyalty because you'll just find that deal wherever <laughs> and you get the machine shipped and you go look at it. That's and... business owner cash flow. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes we got to think about that too, even though, you know, Trevor would love a whole fleet of, you know, shiny new equipment. You know, oh, of course. <laughs> that so, would be so great. Would, so would Kevin and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so then and the I'm Komatsu, no. Komatsu no. <laughs> and I know, stop it. So the Komatsu and Kubota have been really the best equipment for you guys to support the type of work that you do. Yes. That's, awesome. I would say those are the two main, main, awesome. main, uh, Mark has always been very loyal with Komatsu. Very so hello, good. Komatsu. <laughs> yes. We love you, Komatsu. We, we, Trevor's a huge fan of their dozers. Um, and mm-hmm. so we have the Komatsu dozer and that's his jam. You know, he, he likes a different brand for every piece of equipment. I can't even keep up with it, but okay. that's so great to hear. So now you mentioned workforce earlier and I love that you're becoming passionate about that. I feel like a lot of us in the industry that own our own businesses, we're having to become passionate about workforce development yeah, or we won't right. be in business, <laughs> but you brought a lot of leadership and human resource skills from your previous careers when you joined the family business, how has your background helped shape the corporate culture that you've developed at Tompkins Excavating? Well, I'm very honest with my employees. 
I'm don't hold back, but yet I'm very respectful and careful how I do speak to them. Yep. I'm very careful. I'm not perfect when we're hiring them. That's for sure. I make mistakes, plenty of them. And I am still the human resource person that makes all the decisions on hiring. One day it would be nice to have somebody else. I do have help with that, but I still am the ultimate you know, decision maker with that. Yeah. But I feel like my employees know it's safe to come talk to me. Yep. Um, even as we're growing, I don't want to lose that relationship. No, I can't talk to them every single day anymore, where sometimes if we had four and five guys I could or people, I could just go to one job and see everybody. Yeah, I can't do that anymore with 20, 22 people, but I still want them to understand that, that um, just because we're growing that they're not left out, so to speak. Yeah. We try to do meetings, it's been a little bit harder with all being spread out and yeah. keeping everybody together. We do a holiday party. I do a company picnic at my house every year for everybody. Yep. So we try to make it. I always tell my interviews, it's, you know, work hard, play hard. That's what we do. Yep. And uh, the culture, people know that we want the job done correctly, safely, and I will tell you, I've had, it's, I know it's working because I've had my current employees say, they'll call me up and say, this guy is not going to work out. No way. <laughs> or I didn't even want to refer somebody to you because I know they wouldn't fit into our culture. Wow. So when you hear that, that's awesome. you know, and it's taken a long time too. Yeah. It takes a long time and not everybody is there, even with 22 people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, you have your stragglers. <laughs> so you've developed a culture that's really connected. They want to do the job correctly, safely. They're honest, respectful. I think those are great pillars to build, you know, a good company culture off of. That's and we're not yellers. You know, Mark is none of my, you know, we're, we, you know, a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of times in our industry, I think it's a bad rap and the whole, it was, you know, construction guy, people yell. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate, but you hear that a lot. It is. We don't yell and we don't want our foreman yelling um, and training, 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 training training is a big part of your culture. And you bring up the yelling, and that's funny, that's come up in my last few interviews. I think it is still out there in construction. I mean, we just hired two guys um, just based on they didn't, their boss yelled at them all the time. And I was like, right. they couldn't what? stand it, right? That, that exists. Well, that's, I know. That's easy retention for, you know, great Right, stuff. for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> just right. don't yell at them. Exactly. Well, obviously. That's an easy thing. Yeah. yeah I could deal with that. <laughs> to build into the culture, no yelling, but then the training. And, and so you guys are really focused on training as well as part of your retention and corporate culture. We're trying. Okay. You know, it's very difficult and, know. you know, learning that you can't train attitude, good work ethic, uh, you know, loyalty, but you yeah. can train skills. Yes. But that's still hard in a small business to train skills, to have the time, the energy, the patience, um, you know, the opportunity to find a way to train them. And that's, that's, that's the challenge, but we have recognized and we have all figured out with this issue with human resources that training is really going to be the only way. Yeah. We're, yeah, to do and, it. And you're, it's sacrificing production is kind of what we've absolutely. <laughs> what yeah. we've learned is, we just had a guy dig a basement and it took him eight hours instead of two, and we had to say that's okay. He's learning. <laughs> I know, I know, and it costs you a lot of money. And we don't have a training facility. I just had a conversation with a 
person the other day and um, you know, says, you guys got to train. I'm like, yeah. I, but even if I had a training facility, equipment operator can't train for two weeks and say, oh, I'm good. I'm done. Right. No, it's on the job and it's months and months and months. Exactly. And years. Well, I greatly respect that you're even just looking at that and saying, hey, we have to figure out a way to continue production as a company, but train our people. Um, now, how would you describe your leadership style? I'm excited to hear your answer. To the point, (laughs) I'm honest, I'm direct, but I don't think I'm abrasive. People know that they're going to get a straight answer out of me, and I'm not going to pull back or hide it or not, or sugarcoat it, I should say. But but done in a way that's not abrasive, like I just said, or it's not condescending, or it's not... Uh, and that's the way I am with with clients and and also with employees and and anybody else that is in my life. I'm I'm that's sort of who I am. I'm yeah. just direct. I'm point. honest, and I'm to the point. That's great. And sorry if I hurt your feelings, but <laughs> the truth has to be told. Sometimes it is business. Yes. And I've gotten better and thicker skinned with that. Because um, yes, you never really good people don't want to hurt other people's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, it's good to have be a to business the point. to run and, and have had, <laughs> you know, many issues where it's, you know, so I think that I think that that comes across to my employees. I do believe that. That's great. And it sounds like you, you're to the point, but you're also connected. I mean, you're, you're staying connected. You're doing the barbecues. You're saying, let's let's be connected. But then when we're on the job, let's get to the point here and get the job done. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you, know, you do re- want to treat, you know, they are your greatest asset to, to employees, right? They can be your worst and your greatest. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, they're, they're the ones getting the work done. Absolutely. So you have to treat them with, you know, the utmost respect. Absolutely. So now your revenue has more than doubled since you stepped into the role of no, president has, in 2013. It, from 13 to now, it has eight times. Oh, wow. Eight <laughs> time maybe nine your revenue has grown eight times what it was in 2013 what do you that's abs that's just wow what do you attribute it's crazy that success Uh, to it's I, i you know a lot of that is is kevin my son driving the train of being able to bid these larger jobs that mark doesn't have the um, the head for, you know, the computer technology, you know, you yeah. can't do this old school with pulling out the plans and doing takeoffs. You know, you'd be two <laughs> weeks doing it, doing um, a bid for a job that, you know, is a, is a million dollar job, let's say. So I would think that his being able to bid these, we used to sub it out and pay money to have somebody bid this and it became very expensive. So then you were very choosy on your bids okay. because it was saying, okay, I'm going to spend $1,500 to have somebody help us bid this job and then not get it. It's very expensive. So I would say that between those things, our confidence, getting some big jobs under our belt, um, being well-known in the community, our reputation, our online presence, um, you know, all of those things kind of coming together. And it is it took years of it. Yeah. And we're still deciding where we want to go with it. Uh, I don't know if we want to continue. We definitely don't want to continue the growth pattern we had this year. It was ridiculous. We doubled in one year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> doubled. And with that comes a lot of growing pains, right? <laughs> a lot of growing pains, a lot of heartache, a lot of lost night's sleep, uh, no vacation. a lot of mistakes that we've made yeah. that we know, you know, that we, but, but, you know, and most of them are financial yeah. and, you know, it's, it's money. 
like somebody told me, you can always you can always grow more money. You know, you can always get more. Yeah, I, and I, and because you can't get your health, right? You can't buy that, right? Um, right. So keep it all in check. It's hard because we're very all very emotional. You know, my entire family, and it was very hard on us. But yeah. we're out of that pain and into now trying to figure out and regroup and reorganize and restructure like and figure out really how we want to go because yeah. we did grow. We did too much too in one year too fast. I agree. So now you're kind of saying that success, a huge part of that is confidence, community, um, you know, Kevin being able to use technology to estimate, but then double the size came and then there was a, a few th- more things to work through. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. You've got to do them now, right? Then it was buying the machines and the financial outlay and, and staffing. We didn't have enough people. It was, yeah. it was crazy. And these jobs all started and ended at the same time. These large jobs for us. Yeah. So, but now we know we walk into talk to a client or someplace we got like I could handle like we know what size job we would want to handle up to yeah. now or yeah. how many we would take on at the same time. And now we're filling in with some smaller things and catching up, which is which is fine. Yeah. With adding all those people, what would you say, you know, because if you doubled in size, that's double the amount <laughs> of staff. What do you look for in uh, new team members like when you're in the hiring process? Because you're so involved in that. So we'd love to know what do you look for in that interview process with your team? First thing is pep in their step, right? <laughs> Do they have pep in their step when they're walking into the interview, how they're shaking their, your hand, okay. uh, how they're looking at you, making you eye, eye contact. And we are a drug-free, smoke-free company. Wow. So you can't smoke on my jobs, in my equipment, on my anywhere. I can't tell people that they can't smoke because they can smoke because this is that's free country. Yeah. But you can't smoke anywhere. So if you smoke, and that's why it's also been hard for us, because there's a lot of people in our industry that smoke. So it's true. Um, uh, I'm not saying that we don't try to have people that do smoke and say that they won't smoke and some are successful and some are not, you yeah. know, and then th- they can't work here. Yeah. Um, so that's um, what we look for. That's initially, and it's, um, you know, asking the right questions. I-, I love when people come in and they've looked at my website, right? Or yeah. say, oh, I've seen you seen you on Instagram. I've seen your <laughs> post. I really want to work here. I mean, that goes to me. That's huge. I yes. love when I hear that, yes. that they did their homework. And we try to do some homework on them too, before they come in. We'll check. We try to check their social media, yeah. right. To see what might be going on. So you kind of um, look for pep in their step. You look for, you know, clean and that they've done their due diligence on the company. Anything else? Uh, you know, how they're answering questions and what they, where they, what, what they, you know, you can really just, and you know, see what they're, temperament is or personality yeah. is how many questions questions are questions are fine you know it's it's sometimes it's just their personality and sometimes it's just a gut it's a gut <laughs> all the way around <laughs> that I can just say oh nope no way no way that's great <laughs> or sometimes I'm on the fence you know it really depends on you know where we are with that but there's, okay. there's there's lots of different things and I have somebody sit on them and they I try to have somebody sit with me now because there's, sometimes there's so many I can't keep track of it somebody take notes help me ask answer questions and, yeah. and and their work history right where they've been and what they're doing and why are they looking for a job of and course. I and when people are telling me that their old boss was didn't give them what they promised them that is a red flag yeah <laughs> Right. It's always like, okay, bye. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Like, okay, uh, like, be careful what you're saying. And yeah. So, yeah. Okay. But, 
So now when you're in a similar situation as Trevor and I, as spouses owning a business together, how do you and your husband balance family and business and what's your best advice for family owned businesses? And you have your sons in it too. So I'm really excited to get one, the (laughs) spouse answer. How do you handle the balance as husband and wife owning a business? And then two, the family business dynamic. So give us your best advice there. We're trying to actually now be better at separating it and not talking about work at night anymore and trying to put some boundaries in. I'm not saying we're perfect with that. And Mark and I have very different styles of how we lead and how we think of things, but yet our our values obviously are the same because we're married and we run the, the same business together. But I, I, I don't have a magic answer to that. I know a lot of people just, it, it's balance, it's it's you know, making sure that you're taking time off and we did not for the last year. And it really did hurt us. It really did. I'm not going to lie. It hurt our family. It hurt our, ourselves. And therefore it hurts the business, right? When your employees do see you distraught and upset. I mean, sometimes you can't hide things. You know, they might be just walking in or whatever, you know, you're not outwardly, (laughs) but it's really trying to, you know, have a united front, right? At work you know, for your employees and then discuss it later, just like with kids. <laughs> yeah. And and Kevin's just coming into it. So we're, we're kind of working all that out, but yeah. it is having roles and having boundaries. And we are really just, we're just finally getting to the point where we're, we're going to, we're, we're getting better at it. That's but great. trying to go away, try to go out for dinner, try to go do things that are not work related. Yes, that's is, important. Is important. And you definitely see it take a toll when you're not taking that time away. And that advice seems so simple but you almost have to shout it from the rooftops to business owners, like, take a break. <laughs> well, and then we're trying to do structured, in fact, after this phone call, we're trying to have a structured meeting with myself, Mark, and Kevin weekly yep. before our meeting with our foreman so that we can strategize and sit down for an hour or 90 minutes once a week so that we don't have to bleed all these conversations. I mean, there'll be small talk of things, but they don't have to bleed into, you know, 11 o'clock at night. That's great. And so we're trying to structure that and so that we're, and meeting. I'm getting better at it by yeah. pulling myself out of it. That's, <laughs> that's great advice. About it. Yeah. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> it's past 10. I'm watching my show right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's so exactly great. That's what, what exactly what I do. And I so. love that. that I know that advice seems so simple, but I'm even listening to it like, wow, we did not take time away and we're feeling that right now Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. year because of the record growth and we need to do that weekly meeting. Trevor and I have just started talking about that. So the advice seems simple to all the listeners out there, but it really is important taking the break. And, and having that weekly meeting where this is where we talk that about business. That might be helpful. And taking time for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Me, I can only speak for myself, you know, uh, and yourself, you being a mom-to-be, is making sure that if you like to get your nails done, you get your nails done. <laughs> or if you want to go to the gym or if you want to take a cooking class or it doesn't necessarily have to be the things that you're doing together, right, yeah. with Trevor or your, yeah. or your family. But it is just taking – really the first step is to take care of yourself, yeah. right? They always say put that oxygen mask on yourself first on the plane. Yep. Um, and I do believe – and I am – I do do that. I do. I That's mean, I've good. gotten better at it. I mean, there's times when I haven't, but I will carve out that time to do the things that I need to do. So you're saying our entire life should not be consumed with machines and excavation. No, <laughs> correct. <laughs> there's more to it than Done. that. <laughs> so last but not least, um, what advice would you give to women working 
in this industry. And and you've been a woman in this industry through a lot of transitionary seasons of what it was like in the 90s, Mm. the 2000s what it's like now. Um, I'm sure you've seen quite you're, a... You're, you're dating me. I'm, I'm sorry. Kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've watched the transition. So what, you know, what advice would you have for women now who want to get into the industry? Uh, you know, it's again, it, you know, and I, and I know it's women in the industry and I know we're a minority and I know we're very, I, I read the statistic on it, how minor we are in the construction industry. And it is an important focal point that it's a woman in, in, a, in a man's industry, but I, I don't harp on that. Yeah. I don't harp on that any, maybe I did. Um, but it's, I've, I've grown, I've matured at, I'm 54. So I've matured and I understand a younger person is going to have, it comes with part of that is just coming with, with age yeah. and growth and maturity and just in the natural progression of life. Yep. And, and that's just having confidence in yourself. Yep. And um, not letting them bully you, so to speak. Yep. And not taking it personally. And it's business. And it's okay to say, it's okay to hear a no, but, it's, but you need to keep persisting and you need to get up and you need to do it again. And we all say, how many failures do you have before you have a success? Exactly. There's those statistics on that. You're not succeeding unless you're failing. Like, look at all the things I just learned from the last year. Maybe they were some of them were failures, some of the things. Yeah. And, and maybe it's because I have three boys and I only have men in my life, like immediately, <laughs> you know, so I'm not really sure, but I, I don't focus that much on the woman thing. Okay. Um, but it is there. It certainly is. There's yeah. no question about it. So you've really I've gone left into it a room door. with all men in there yeah. and they turn around and look at you and say, hi, I'm here. Yep, here I <laughs> so. am. So you've really let you, you know, you are a part of that minority, but you don't really lead with that is what you're saying. And you don't put a lot of Correct. focus on it, which right. I think is such great advice, you know, for all of us who, I think there's a push out there to be the woman in the industry and we're a woman in mm-hmm. a man's world, but the more we're working together and everyone's feeling right. respected, the better we right, are. Right, right. And, you know, look, we have feelings. We, we can sit in the, you know, like we talked the other day, you know, I could, I would, you know, have my breakdowns. You just yeah. can't have them in front of them. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's the only, you know, women, unfortunately, are, are, are earmarked as emotional, right? Or yeah. they're, they're just too reactive or they're, and part of that might be true, but it also, I also get things done that way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you the know, more... you push, you push, you push, you push, you have to be assertive too. It's true. And you have to be aggressive without being, um, pushy. You yeah. Know? I think there's, uh, people don't like that. It's and men or that, women. Finding that balance. Now, if yeah. there is a situation where, you know, women out there might feel like you said, bullied or uncomfortable, or maybe like they are not welcome or don't belong. What advice would you give to them? You know, what they could think about or say um, to, to stay in the game and not kind of give up in those moments. Cause that feeling's well, real. You know, maybe find some people in your area that you could commiserate with, you know, yeah. that's always helpful. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're going to these networking or events or try to go with somebody, it's not saying go by yourself, you know, try to go with somebody yeah. if you can. And it, you know, there's so many networking and women support organizations all over the place in, in any industry. Right. Um, that, that would be, you know, helpful. Um, I think helpful advice and it's just really just being true to yourself and, 
and believe in yourself. Yeah. And and you have to have support because you can't do it alone. So, I, you know, if somebody's starting their own business in construction, I didn't start my own business in construction. So I don't even know what that I know what it would be like to start a business, but um, really depends on where they're coming from, too. Right. Well, having and I think you nailed it, having other women in the industry, building community with others is just a game. I mean, that's been a game changer for me. It's just finding right. a community of support because you're not, you know, there alone, which I'm very excited, you know, to pivot to Con Expo, Con Ag. They are really doing some great things for women this year. There's a panel. There's an executive panel. They're partnering with Nowick. And there's some cool oh, stuff I just coming. Oh, I met with them or talked to them. Oh, interesting. <laughs> They're okay, awesome. Great. So <laughs> the, that'll Con Expo Con Ag 2020. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. That's going to be a great place for women in the industry to connect. And now tell me, your family has been going for years, but 2020 is your first time attending. Correct? My first time. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's and awesome. it's all because of you, Missy, that oh. I'm coming. <laughs> <Gee>. <laughs> well, I'm glad because it's my first time too. <laughs> well, they've, they've been going for 21 years, so at least seven times. Maybe Mark went once before that. It's every three years. Kevin's 20. Yep. Yeah. At least for the last 20 18 years or something like that. Yeah. That they've been going. And um, Mark, I think Kevin, I think Mark actually went before Kevin. So many, as long as I can, as long as I've been in the picture, yeah. Mark has been going. And they've loved it. And what are you most excited about for um, your first year attending? My, I, I'm the, um, to see the vastness of it. I yeah. hear it's just so enormous and, and, you know, full of so much energy that you can't even get through it in five days, the whole, the whole thing. Right. Um, so excited to meet women in our industry and and bring New York from here over. You know, I'm 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 breaking out of my little area and my <laughs> guest speaking and, and and like taking this show across the country is really exciting for That's me. Awesome! <laughs> That's so exciting. And what have what have your um, sons and husband? What do they love the most about Con Expo? I'm sure they've started prepping you on what it's going to be like. What do they get excited about? They get a, I, like the energy, the equipment, the, t- the, 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 like that's like talk about game changers and, and what you're going to look like in five years. And I think it's by attending things like this where they see what's coming, right? right? And those are the people that are the, the, the buyers of this, this, these things. I mean, of course, you're not coming around, coming home, buying everything, right. but getting ideas or saying, well, next year or next time I can, next piece of equipment we're going to buy is going to look like this because we saw it at, you know, at, at Connex. Yeah. And the fact that it's only every three years, it's just it's such a nice build up because it's it's so special because yes. it's not every year. So it's just and something we can't miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just gotta be there. So there that's what they're in fact, my all my entire family is going. My other two have never been. Only Kevin has no, maybe one I don't remember. Maybe Michael went once, but um all five of us are going. We're so, so excited to see the family there and I'm excited to meet you, and I know our listeners are really excited to hear from you at the panels and the influencer events. It's going to be well, I'm very really exciting, fun. and thank you for inviting you, of me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you could feel welcome to to such a vast show, and, and I really just invited myself. So <laughs> I'm coming this year, guys. So we've talked about so many great things. I love your background in hospitality and management, how you've brought that into excavation doubled in size, grown the business as a family business, as a woman-owned business. So thank you so much for sharing 
all of this with us. There's a lot of takeaways here. But now we have the really important rapid fire round. Um, oh, that's right. I <laughs> forgot about that. Okay. Before <laughs> I let you go, here's the important stuff. Like, what was your first job? <laughs> Is that, do you want me to answer yeah. that one? What was your first, first job? First job was babysitting. Of course. Same. Babysitter's Club. Um, what was your first car? The first car that I owned myself was a Mazda 323. It was blue. Okay. And if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? I think I might be in politics. Not sure. I, like I don't it. know what I would be doing exactly. I could I'm not really sure about that one. But maybe something that. in politics. Maybe a lawyer. Yes. I could see politics. Yeah, the to-the-point politician. <laughs> <laughs> now, what song gets you pumped up in the morning? I like I'm tradition. I like I like the '70s disco. So if I'm gonna ride my bike or do something, I like I like song like songs from the '70s disco yep. kind of music. Yep. You know, that's if I'm gonna want to get pumped up. Uh, it's raining men from you know I, I'm I'm old school. <laughs> so I like your traditional. If I'm gonna get pumped up, there's plenty of songs I like that are from now. Yeah, but <laughs> we, we, I think we might have to play that. It's raining men when, when you're walking out for your panel. <laughs> well, that's very appropriate, isn't it? That's very right. appropriate. <laughs> um, now, if, um, who was one person you wish you could have dinner with? Um, probably my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I go back to my mom. She passed away like 15 years ago. Oh, she would be awfully, that. um, impressed to see, you know, what, what, how, what her grandchildren, uh, you know, have done and, and her family, you know, me yeah. and, you know, she's always so proud. And you know, awesome. a lot of my, my, my personality is from her. So, so uh, I would definitely want to have dinner with her. Awesome. Yeah. And what was your, fa- what is your favorite piece of equipment? And why? And this is a funny question, right? Because we don't and run why? the equipment. <laughs> Let's see. You got to have a favorite, I, though. I would probably say our the the intelligent machine, the PC two ten that we um, that we has that I think that's just something that was going to set is setting us apart. Yeah, or will set us. It has. It has, and has apart. really tried to put us on the you know, a, 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 to a different playing field. Right. Now, here's yeah. one question I added, because I feel like half of our life in construction industry is revolving around getting food and beverage at gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite gas station food? Well, if I'm just getting a snack, I like the crunchy Cheetos. Yep. <laughs> and if I'm getting, it's funny, because every time we travel, we go, I always get my crunchy, they're a mess, and I'm orange, my fingers are orange. It's perfect. But I always get the crunchy Cheetos, only when I'm traveling. Well, it's funny when you said that, I'm like, I only get those when I stop at a convenience store. Yeah. See, and your orange fingers will match your Kubota machine. So you, you, you totally go. fit exactly. in. My orange teeth and fingers, and there we go. Let's hop in the Kubota. Well, thank you so much again, Stacey. We know you're so busy, but we can't oh. wait to uh, meet you at Con Expo. And just for taking the time to give us advice as a leader in the industry. And um, also, thank you for all the work you're doing with workforce development. I mean, that's so important to all of us. We so appreciate it. So we will see you on Expo 2020. Thank you so much. (laughs) A pleasure to be here. And thank you for inviting me. Of course. I'll see you soon. Great. And that's going to wrap up this edition of Con Expo Con Ag Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen too, make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward.